0: Great novel was written a number of years ago. It's called In His Steps. And that's what I'm calling this series. This series... I'm going to cover several major stages that Jesus went through to get to the cross and to the resurrection. And my heart and my prayer is this, is that every one of us will see and learn the steps of Jesus so that we can walk with Him and walk in obedience and conformity to His heart. You see, the, the, the novel, In His Steps, is what spawned the WWJD fad. Anybody remember that? WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? That came from the book by Charles Sheldon, In His Steps. And in this novel, he writes that, he, he tells a story about a pastor who decides he's going to challenge his congregation to just ask this question. Every time they come to a decision or a moment in their life, what would Jesus do? And it transforms their entire church and town. It's an awesome story. And Jesus has called us to walk in His steps. Oh, those, are, those, those, those shoes are too big for me to walk in. Well, tell Him that. Because He's called you to follow Him. That means walk in his steps. Say, what does that really mean? It means to walk with his attitude. It means to walk with your ears open to his spirit so that when he says, we're turning left at the corner and you're going, but Jesus, I got business to the right. And he says, basically, if you're going to follow me, you go where I go. Because I can't guarantee you blessing if you go that way and I'm going that way. It's really important if we are to be followers. I didn't say believers. I said followers. If we're going, going to be followers, we must walk in His steps. Say, what are his steps? I'm glad you asked. We're going to look at him in his steps toward the cross. And we're going to learn something from each step. And the step we're looking at today is the Last Supper, even though we're not going to talk about actual communion. We're going to talk about the other things that happened there that day. Like Judas having his feet washed. And then Jesus revealing he had a betrayer among them and releasing him to go do what he would do. So let's read. John 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power and that He had come from God and was returning to God. In other words, He knew who He was. Right? He knew who He was. So He got up from the meal, took off His outer clothing, wrapped a towel around His waist, After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body's clean and you're clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you keep on knowing them. You will be blessed if you talk about them. You'll be blessed if you do them. It's going to be pretty simple today. Why would anybody want to walk in Jesus' steps? Because walking in His steps leads to the abundant life. I'm not just talking about salvation. I'm talking about the abundant life comes from following Jesus. And following is impossible without going where He goes, saying what He says, doing what He does. It's impossible. His steps lead to abundant life. He said it right there in that Scripture when He said, you're blessed... If you do these things, not if you hear them, say them, talk about them, feel them, or esteem these things. No, if you do them. We're not talking about working for your salvation here. We're talking about wanting to go where Jesus goes. And where Jesus goes is a life of servanthood. Where He goes is He goes to a place where He loves even those who betray Him. You see, following in His steps leads to the abundant life. But it also leads us past our comfort zone. It leads us beyond our abilities And it leads to resurrection life. Okay, hear me now. It leads beyond our comfort zones. He's going to take us places where we've got... I can't sit down. He's going to take us places where we've got to grow. Where our faith... Is tested. He's going to take us places where we've got to search for understanding. He's going to take us places where we will not be able to handle the pressure unless we get on our knees and cry out to heaven. He's going to take us places where we will see the glory of God if we will believe enough to continue following. We've got to learn to hear his voice that says, uh, stop, go, fast, slow. We got to learn to got to learn to be in tune. We got to know his word well enough so that when that thought comes to our mind, it don't line up with the word that ain't Jesus. But that doesn't mean we don't learn to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit just because sometimes the devil or our own flesh will bring thoughts to our minds. We must yearn and learn to hear the voice of the Spirit as we meditate on His Word and ask Him to speak and guide our steps. Amen? Amen. Here's the problem. Following in the steps of Jesus leads us to abundant life and beyond our comfort zones and our abilities, but it leads us through the cross. I know this isn't good. It's good news. What I'm telling you is true, and it's not preached very much, and God forgive me for not preaching it enough, but sometimes it seems to be such a downer, and we feel so incapable a following in the steps of Jesus. And yet He called us to. Yes, He called me beyond my own ability. He's good at that. Because you know, anywhere Jesus calls us, you ain't going to be bored. I mean, You just think about it. He called the people of Israel, million and a half, they estimate, into the desert out of Egypt. Can anybody say that's not a very smart plan? Unless it's God saying it. And where he guides? You know, he will provide. He called a a nation into the desert where there was no water, but He gave them water. He called them into the desert where there was no food, and yet He rained bread and quail out of heaven. He called the disciples to go across the sea in the middle of a storm. And one of them, He just said, peace be still. And the other one, He came walking on the water, and then it was still. And they were where they needed to be in an instant. He broke up funerals. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons and set people free that had been in bondage all their life, living in darkness and a little bit of hell to go to hell in. Everywhere he went, life sprung up. Everywhere his footsteps landed, life burst from the scene. Why would I want to walk in Jesus' steps? Looks pretty obvious, doesn't it? But back in the back of our minds, we know that path to abundant life leads through a cross. Yes? For some of us, what the cross is, though, is not real clear. Let's read Mark chapter 8. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will... Remember that one? If you've been in church all your life, you've heard that one a thousand times. And honestly, it's still difficult to read sometimes. Because we really don't know what the bottom line is. We really don't know what denying myself might look like. And sometimes that scares us. But I want to allay your fear and say this to you. Wherever that leads, it leads to abundant life. And wherever that leads, he will give you the grace to go there. And not only survive, but thrive on your way to abundant life. But there is a cross. There is a cross. Oh, not the cross of Jesus, because he's the only one that can die for our sins. You can't die and atone for your own sins. He doesn't require, he did that for us. This isn't about buying your salvation. This isn't about, you know, measuring up somehow. This is about a heart who simply says this to Jesus. I want what you want more than I want what I want. I want to please you. I want to promote you. I want to obey you. I want to share you. I want to show you. I want to experience all that you are and anywhere you take me. What are we talking about? Really, we're talking about surrender. Ultimately, we're talking about surrender. We're talking about recognizing the selfish fight in us. And we all have it. You ever had one of those moments where you were just all lovey-dovey, and, but then somebody started attacking you and the bear came out? Ah! What is that? A lot of times it's the selfish fight in us. that says, ain't nobody gonna get it over on me. Ain't nobody going to make me look like that. Ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. No, 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 no. That's the selfish fight. And when Jesus calls us to follow him, he says, you got to put, I'm not saying there's not anything we don't need to fight for. There is. talking about the selfish fight. That fight in us that says, I'm going to promote me, protect me, please me, and not you. Because you see, when we follow in the steps of Jesus, His steps always lead us to pleasing the Father, doing what the Father does, saying what the Father says, not protecting our ego or protecting our territory or protecting our feelings. I'm not saying you just lay down and let people abuse you. Don't, Don't go too far with this, but just hear what I am saying. If I'm going to walk in the steps of Jesus, I've got to surrender the right to decide who I'm going to serve and love and who I'm not going to serve and love. And that night, he chose to wash all 12 disciples' feet. That does include Judas. Judas who he knew in his heart as he poured the water over that man's feet and cleaned them or patted them down with that towel around his waist. He knew this man in an hour or two is going to walk out these doors, go to the authorities, tell me where we're about to go as a a team, and they're going to arrest me there and they're going to crucify me, all because this man sold me out for 30 pieces of silver. And yes, I have no option but to love Him. You want to go where you want to go? You don't, have to love, you don't have to love people that betray you. You don't have to love people that don't love you back. You don't have to love people that don't serve you. You don't have to serve people that won't serve back. You don't have to do that. Unless... You want the abundant life. The only path to abundant life leads through a cross. And part of that cross, here's here's my point this is where I'm going with this whole series. Every step and stage that Jesus took toward the cross was part of the price He paid for my sin. And that price started long before they nailed nails in his hands. That price started long before they beat him nearly to death. That price started long before they mocked him and spit in his face and beat him. And, and it started long before that. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that he was slain before the foundations of the world. In Jesus' heart and mind, his whole life as as a human being on this earth, was one long march toward the cross, but really through the cross to the resurrection. And each stage, we can discern a step of Jesus that He calls us to do as He does. Because here's the deal. Knowing it is not enough. The only path to abundant life is doing what he did and doing what he does. You're not blessed if you understand it. You're not blessed if you hear it. You're not blessed if you say it. You're not even blessed if you pray it. You're blessed when you decide in your heart, I'm going with Him. I don't care where it takes me. I'm going to obey Him. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give up my selfish fight. I'm going to let Him fight battles that before I was trying to fight. I'm going to walk in obedience. And yes, that means courage. And yes, that means faith. And many times it means firmness like we can't even imagine. But it always means Surrender. Always. The abundant life comes from actually doing what He does. You know, at one point after Jesus tries to wash Peter's feet and Peter protests, Jesus makes a statement. He says, If you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part with me. Why in the world would Jesus say that? First of all, nobody washed feet but the lowest of the low. It was a job left for people that were slaves or they were very, very, very poorly compensated house servants. Here's the deal. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but he was going around the circle washing feet. Here's the problem. Evidently, there was no servant there that night to wash their feet. Not one of the disciples just decided on their own, I will even wash Jesus' feet. Nobody even offered to wash Jesus' feet. Not only did they feel like they were too good to wash each other's feet, and by the way, this same night they were arguing about who was the greatest. Go to another gospel and you'll get that part of the story. Nobody even offered To wash Jesus' feet. And in that vacuum, Jesus seized a moment to teach a lesson they would never forget. And now we're talking about it 2,000 plus years later. He got up and willfully, humbly, without any threat to his ego. Because remember it said he knew where he came from. He knows where he's going. He is not threatened by loving and serving the lowliest of people. It's no threat to his reputation. It's no threat to his mission. It's no threat to his worth before his father. He knows who he is. And can I tell you, when we've got our past settled under the cross and we've got our future secured by the blood of Jesus, we can love anybody in the present. So nobody wanted to do this. She said, hey, feet need to be washed. I'm gonna wash them. And Peter protested. I don't know why he protested. I think he, I think immediately they were all severely embarrassed by Jesus' humble action. And all of, and Peter, like Peter, was the only one that spoke up. Everybody else was like, Aah. And Peter says, no, you're not going to wash my feet. No, 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 no. We, hey, we didn't wash your feet, but we know you don't need to be washing our feet. And I don't know if that's just because they were so embarrassed and they saw the inappropriateness of it so distinctly and, and painfully. They were embarrassed. They were humiliated in some ways. And yet I wonder... And I believe this is what Jesus was really saying. He said, "If I don't do this, you have no part with me." In other words, if you're going to be following me, if you're going to be part of the way I am and the way I do things, the way I do things is I serve anybody and everybody, anywhere. I came not to be served. Remember? I think it's Mark 10, 45. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life a ransom for many. And I believe what he was saying to Peter was this. If you want to be my follower, you want to walk in my steps. My steps love the unlovable. My steps take me to serving those who will never serve me back. My steps take me to the place where I love without discrimination. Even those who are hard to love. So, well, pastor, that's, um, that's um, good luck with that, pastor. <laughs> I hope you can do that. <laughs> Remember, his steps take us past our capacities. His steps, his call takes us past our abilities. I can't love my enemies any better than you can. Can I tell you something? When I set my heart to obey Him, I believe His Spirit will empower my obedience. And I may not feel lovey-dovey feelings for somebody that's betraying me. You may not feel gooey, gooey, chewy feelings for those people who have talked you down or they did you wrong in some business deal. You may not feel it, but if you will say, yes, Lord, I surrender my emotions. I surrender the wound of my heart where this person stuck it to me. If you will be willing to simply put it in the Master's nail-scarred hands, you will realize that you've done much worse to the, to the Jesus that we love. And when you obey, by an act of your will, His Spirit will empower that obedience. And you may have to pray through those feelings a thousand times. But if you will pray for the one, if you will wash their feet, you will be healed, whether they ever are or not. Well, that sounds good in a sermon, pastor. It don't sound good to me anytime. I just know it's true. It's just difficult. Can I hear an amen? Here's what I know, though. It leads to abundant life. It leads to where He goes. And where He goes, life springs up. Life springs up. Everywhere His steps fall. And if I'm walking in His steps, and I'm doing what He's called me to do, and I'm acting like Him, and I'm embracing His call to surrender my right to be loved back every time... is the result when I surrender that right. Life is the result when I choose to serve people who quote unquote don't deserve it. Do you deserve it? Did you earn His mercy? Did you earn His grace? Did you earn His forgiveness? Did you earn His Holy Spirit? No. You say, this is hard, Pastor. Well, tell my brothers in Nigeria that. Tell my brothers in Afghanistan that. Tell my brothers in China, my sisters in Pakistan, my sisters in India, tell them that. They're trying to learn how to forgive the people that murdered their family members in the name of Islam. Oh, you pulled the persecution card again. Well, let me just say this. Jesus himself told us to count the cost in following him. Did he not? He said count the cost. I hope after we've counted it today, we're going to decide the abundant life it leads to is worth any. And everything we have to surrender, including our right to be served or to be loved the way we love and serve. So, Peter decides he wants a bath after that. Jesus made it clear you don't really get it yet, Peter, but you will. And he did. He did eventually get it. There's the two verses that to me are the key. Because you see, it wasn't just his example. It was the call to the disciples to do like he did. It was supposed to become part of our M.O., it's supposed to become part of our motivation. It's supposed to become part of the way we walk. Because you see, following in Jesus' steps is not just about going where He's going. He's going to heaven eventually. It's going how He goes. Right? Right? It's going, he's getting there the way he's called us because he. it's the way we walk this walk makes all the difference in the impact we make on the people that see us as we pass them. And can I tell you, our world is dying for a lack of this kind of love. Nothing else is going to win this nation over to the cause of Christ without love that loves enemies. Love that loves the unlovely. Love that serves the unworthy. Love that serves persecutors. You say, we're going to pray. You say, I can't do that, Pastor. I can't do that, I can't, I've tried, I can't. I can not, not only love those who have messed me over, I can't forgive them. I can't, I can't. Let me just say this to you. Following Jesus is like any other journey. It happens one step at a time. One step at a time. And this morning, the Spirit of God is saying things to certain of your hearts. He just wants you to take one step. One step of obedience. One step of surrender. One step that says, I want to go where you're going. I want to be with you. And I understand I can't go there clinging to my selfish desire to please promote and protect myself at the expense of your kingdom and other people. I can't. I can't focus on me. I got to focus on you and you focus on them and I'm going with you. You say, but I have needs. With, if I focus on other people all the time, who's going to focus on me? What Jesus say? Give. What? And it shall Heaped up, pressed down, until it goes everywhere. Who's going to take care of you if you focus on others? Others are going to end up taking care of you in Jesus' name. You say, but I'm afraid they won't. Fear is not of God. Perfect love cast out fear. Fear whatever is not of faith is sin. And God's calling you to dare believe that He'll take care of you and me if we'll just dare surrender and walk in His steps. Take one step today. Just one step. And He will empower you. You say, but if my step is to forgive somebody and tomorrow I hate them again. Just take it again. Just take it again. It's still the right direction. It's still the right direction whether you were able to take it and stand on it or not. Even if you retreat tomorrow, it's still the right step. Take it as many times as you got to, but don't back up and don't give up. Because His Spirit will empower you to walk in His steps. Anybody here ever taken your own step and got out of line and paid a price for it? Raise your hand. Don't want to go there no more. I don't want to go there no more. Okay, here we go. Bow your heads for a minute. If you're not in right relationship with Jesus you've been going your own way for a long time and you know you're not right with God you know that you've gone your own selfish way you've done it your way and you're ready today to say look I've strayed away from Jesus I don't even know if I'm going to heaven I don't know if if I'm right I don't know but I want to know anybody like that just raise your hand real quick okay I see two hands three anybody else anybody else okay All right, we're going to pray for these guys here in a moment. I'm going to ask these people that raise their hands. As soon as we pray with everybody else, I want you to come down and pray with me right here at the front. I want to pray with you. We'll have some other people here, but we want to pray with you. Because He wants to give you the assurance of sins forgiven and life eternal secured. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us, you want to say with me today, and I, I mean this, you want to say with me today, I want to surrender the selfish fight and pride and fear that makes me take the wrong steps. I want to walk with Jesus even at the cost of loving my enemies. I want to go there. I don't I feel like I've got the strength of the ability, but I want to go there because I know that's the road to blessing. Just stand on your feet right now. Come on, stand. I'm standing because that's me. Stand up. Oh, Father, would you just lift your hands up to heaven and say, Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I want to walk with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your signs and wonders. I wanna I wanna see the results of faith walked out. I wanna see transformation happen in me and through me to those around me because I dared. Try to obey you to serve those who don't serve me and to love those who are difficult to love. Lord, I want to go with you to abundant resurrection life. And I confess today, I know it goes through a cross. And that cross is simply me letting go of my selfish focus and saying yes and surrender to your Focus of love and service. I'm willing to go there. Help me take one step today. If, that, if you can pray that prayer with integrity today, could you just say a loud amen right now? Lord, I give You my heart. I give You my soul. I live for You alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. I just want you to pray a prayer of surrender. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Would you just surrender? Just surrender. Surrender your emotions. Surrender your... Maybe you got unforgiveness and anger and bitterness. Surrender it and say, I don't know how to handle this, God but I know you'll help me if I'll just respond. So I'm responding and I say, I surrender. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Father, I pray for all of us today. I pray you would simply, by the work of your Holy Spirit, whisper in our ear one step to take this week in walking in step with you. One step to take to turn our hearts from self to servant. To turn our hearts from hurt to love. To turn our hearts from holding on to our own pride and protection and pleasure and surrendering all that into your care and control. I pray you would help us, each one of us do this one step at a time this week because we want the glory of of your presence to guard us, guide us and manifest life everywhere we walk because we're walking with you. I pray you would do that. One step Lord, one step, one step, one step. Each of us, would you just ask the Lord, give me one step this week. One step. It may be a specific action. It may be just a new way to pray for people. It may be coming to the encounter tonight. But just one step. I'm praying, Lord, give me one step. To begin to follow you in a closer way. So that I can experience the life. I surrender. Whatever i got to surrender, I surrender it. Do something in me. Let life spring up everywhere I walk this week. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen?